0: Hello mm-hmm. and welcome to the Recommendation Game, a Film of the Week podcast where you take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen. We watch it and then we meet to discuss it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. I'm Orla McNeillis And, and
1: I- I'm Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> Did I interrupt you there I already? was about
0: to introduce you, like, but I mean, that's fine, that's fine. But
1: jump, like, it's just, jump
0: the, you're jump doing
1: the it p- Irish ways, you know, like you change jump, it a bit. You had to give me like pr- a little nod <laughs> or something.
0: Jump the presenter, uh, like... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying. I mean, we're we're in the '90s now. I'm trying to like you know, inject some <laughs> excitement into this. Uh, this next movie is Kasaba from 1997, directed by Nuri Bilge Ceylan, written by Nuri Bilge Ceylan, music by Ali Kayaki, cinematography by Nuri Bilge Ceylan, and edited by Ian Ergersel starring Sihat Butun, İmin Ceylan, Fatma Ceylan. And Muzaffar Ozdemir.
1: And you got the the names done there.
0: I did. Yeah, yeah. That's well that's done. the hard part. Well done. That's the hard part. I mean, there's a curve of <laughs> this podcast. Only gets easier. Uh, and the synopsis is. In a pastoral town in Turkey, a family goes through changes as the season blend into one another. In winter, the daughter and son struggle through lessons at school. Spring comes, and as the frost recedes, the children explore the natural beauty of the terrain that surrounds them. When summer arrives, the siblings have a picnic with their grandmother and grandfather, who relate stories about life during World War I. With autumn comes domestic tranquility. Okay. (laughs) I mean, okay.
1: Yeah, like a strangely poetic... uh, Yeah. synopsis. That that
0: was like that was actually kind of like a synopsis really wasn't it? That was kind of pleasant, I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, like as well it's a very hard film to synopsisize so I thought that it was uh, rather well done for Google. Yeah,
0: thank you Google, especially after we've had some really really really really dreadful (laughs) ones some bilge, some bilge if you will Uh, (laughs) uh, uh. So this week's film was picked by
1: Ricardo. It was indeed
0: Ricardo, why did you pick this film? 90s
1: Nineties uh well like it is the least nineties movie yes, of all time. Yes. Um part of it it is because I love Nuru Belchaline as a director and uh, he's won the Grand Prix in Cannes for his last two movies, and he won the director in Cannes for his the previous one. So it's like Once Upon a Time in Anatolia, Winter Sleep uh, and I can't remember what was the last one that he did mm. but he's also done a, a ton of other like really interesting work it's almost as if he picked up the baton from Tarkovsky in mm. the way of making slow cinema but in a way that it is a lot more accessible uh, in a strange way he also had uh, dabbled with more narrative, narrative films like uh, Three Monkeys is about a guy that takes the uh, takes the plunge into to go to prison for his boss so he would get paid money, and then mm. it's like the story of him being in jail and his family, like dealing with him being in jail, but it's also made in this style, uh, the same way as uh, Once Upon a Time in Anatolia is like a detective story, but it's like Nur <laughs> and a detective story, which is amazing. Uh, I absolutely love him, and uh, I think that this movie, in, in a way, it's uh, uh, similarly to Kubrick. I find uh, Bereslav interesting as a filmmaker that you get a lot more from his films by watching them in the order that were made mm. because you can see the evolution of the the artist or the films and also it's almost like he's teaching you how to watch his films. <laughs> you know like in a in a very but oh, I like unassuming that. way as well. It's not that he knew that he was doing that. Yeah. It's that you as an audience member evolve with him as a director because he's movement and changing even into digital filmmaking and stuff yeah it's not it's, as
0: showy as that as that sounds it's definitely not like i yeah. get what you mean about it not necessarily being intentional but it coming through at the same time
1: yeah even clouds of may is here like his second movie after this one is about him making this movie yeah it's about him going back into his hometown so the same actors and everything is there and they're like playing themselves as well. It's like he made the making off of this movie as the second movie Whoa. to understand why he did it as well, because he got kind of accused. It, then it becomes like a meta of a method. That, like, yeah, have always wanted starting to, to hurt my mind. <laughs> I've always wanted him to close the trilogy by making a movie about the making off of the second movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it becomes like the making off of a movie and about a movie. And then you watch it and your
0: brain explodes. Yes.
1: But you're
0: Killian Murphy in the back of the limo.
1: But there was something when we were um, (coughs) discussing uh, Kelly Querido Messi Agosto Mm. last week. uh,
0: I I was thinking that a lot.
1: That we were talking about like uh, the development of location and people, etc. And I think that this movie, for one, just to mention uh, right at the top, is that. Uh, accusation that usually it can be level, not can be level, is sometimes level to Shailen's work, even though he's largely acclaimed by critics and audiences that watch this kind of movie, is that his films are not uh, that he's not a natural born storyteller, and I think that is absolute bullcrap because. He, Who says that? Like, it's been leveled at him. I'm not saying Is it that on it's Letterbox?
0: correct. Is it on Letterboxd? Because the real dregs of the snooty millshitters yeah. exist on Letterboxd. <laughs> I do enjoy reading reviews on Letterboxd. Because it's a mix of the sincere and the just...
1: Mm. It's a... Part of it, I, I... Like, he subverts a lot of expectations in the sense of uh, uh, storytelling or plot in a way. But I think he's a natural-born storyteller. They, even in this movie, like the, the scene in the classroom is a masterpiece on storytelling. Yeah. That it just develops. Uh, you get character without much dialogue that is anything. You you get subtext. You go, wonder, like, what is the teacher thinking of? What is his life like? You see the students and the whole... And it actually even has subplots, like the... The the what you want to call it the, the feather the, and the feather and then yeah. the kid showing up and you see that shot of him like running in the snow in the background and just shows up <laughs> and uh, his socks melting literally like melting from the, the ice into the face. barrow So it's absolutely brilliant he's great at picking faces up uh, uh, I I remember watching this with my mom and my mom loved this movie mm. and she's not uh, generally like. She she's very open to different types of cinema. Like, it, this wouldn't be the kind of movie that she'd sit down and watch by herself. But she will enjoy Tarkovsky, let's say, but not mm. be completely taken by it. And at this movie, she's like, oh, this is almost like an action movie that has, like, a a central kind of set, uh, a set piece in the middle that is just a family having a picnic. Yeah. But it feels like an action scene yeah. <laughs> because of how Within slow this the movie, movie yeah, is. Yeah. But I think the. Uh, the movie especially for people that grew up in the countryside as well mm. I think that it captures what it is that uh, that balance between wanting to leave and be part of something bigger but also, but also the charm and the beauty of the being place, yeah. in that place and I think it's very difficult to do mm. because it is very it's something that we can describe but it's not something that you can necessarily show mm. so you can Show somebody falling in love with somebody, mm. but you can't feel like the balance. Even with the the the character that wants to leave, that he's leaving the next day, mm. that he has left already for being in the army, but he came back and yeah. he's still there for ages before he decides to leave again, and it's almost this restlessness that that leads you to think that when he leaves, he's gonna start missing it straight away, and. Uh, it's not uh, uh, a coincidence that Shiland's um, following film after the... Like, his third film was called The Distance that is about a country guy going to uh, Istanbul mm. and staying with his cousin and not being able to deal at all <laughs> with it. And it's portrayed by the same actor who sadly passed away uh, shortly after. Like, the yeah. he died in a car crash, I think, when he was, like, 30 or something. It's very yeah. sad. And... Uh, because I, I think as well, it's extremely sad always when somebody dies that young. But also that he's a very talented actor. Mm. And I um, uh, also wanted to sh- show you this film because uh, the amount of times that we've discussed uh, first-time directors. Mm. Uh, and I, I, I, I seldom seen a first-time director who has a very specific style come fully formed as much as Ceylan has mm. like even though his style has evolved in a way that let's say Tarantino's hasn't <laughs> but like Tarantino it's a good example of somebody in the 90s as well that came in and for whatever out of the criticisms gate, out of the you gate, have yeah. it's a Tarantino movie the same way as Spike Lee and in many ways Scorsese with like, uh, yeah, like,
0: um, like yeah like even if we just narrow it down to the 90s like, like yeah. have so many like because obviously you know he came of age in the 90s as well so yeah it's very interesting <laughs>
1: But you, if you watch like somebody like Ling or something it's mm-hmm. like yeah it's different. Mm-hmm. Like there there are parts that of of oh, what's the name of his first film again uh, Sunrise? or oh, Slacker sorry. The the there's a lot from Slacker that permeates Other bits of his work but Particularly it's not...
0: within that kind of genre as well Of like the kind of like you know Slacker's Young yeah. people you know just hanging out His ability to kind of just capture young people To and around basically
1: Yeah but stylistically he changes yeah, Not in an evolution the same way As Shiland does It's mm. more that he changes completely In between style but remaining thematically Maybe yeah. linked to, to Slacker uh, In the same way that uh, the Steven Soderbergh, uh Soderbergh uh, came out, out of the with sex tapes and uh, sex, but sex
0: lies video videotape.
1: Yeah, that one, and then uh, proceeded to just explore different genres and styles. While Shailen kind of approaches it almost like an evolution of his work and themes, like he is always uh, being very. Um, interested in uh, family relationships but also isolation and and uh, development of a person how they develop why they developed in the way that they did Mm. and i think that it's very interesting the the way that out of the gate the style is already and as well considering how low budget this is you can (laughs) tell that like the film stock like one shot kind of takes or whatever but there's so little coverage per se Mm. it's already very decided how he was going to structure the movie so without further ado uh what did you think of small town
0: (laughs) uh well firstly a very short anecdote um i think every time i think about this filmmaker i think about the time um when uh basically you know like i think my my dad probably has a lot to answer for with my obsession with films and my sister but very much my dad uh i remember the year that this came out that Christmas And he asked for it uh, for, for like On DVDs I got it for him And uh, I can't remember If it was a Christmas Or what time of the year It actually was But uh, basically The whole family Sat down and watched This movie Or watched uh, One small town handle Yeah okay um, which if I don't know if anyone you know if people are aware of, of um, I'd say probably maybe if, if not Once Upon a Time then uh, Winter Sleep because that was kind of that was kind of his. that's probably been his biggest movie I think hasn't
1: it well like uh, critically probably yeah I remember that got quite a that, way, yeah. that got
0: a bigger release I think that's when yeah. I first became aware of him I think um, but uh, uh, yeah but, well anyways if people don't know that's a almost three hour movie and uh it's uh let's <laughs> say it's, it's, it's an acquired taste um uh and uh, yeah me and dad liked it no one else did <laughs> so apologies um particularly to kira if i had known exactly what the movie was like perhaps i wouldn't have agreed that yes let's stick this on but um i i loved it i just sat there enthralled after everyone else went to bed and me and dad just sat up watching it but um yeah so i was very very excited to go back and uh, even though that's the only movie of his I've actually seen, but like a very, because that movie is just such a, just, it's just so much in that film. Like not just because it's three hours long. Like it's, it's a real like slow development gets an under your skin movie. Uh, plus it is a detective movie. Don't yeah. I, I'm going to call him Nuri because I feel like I know him. Uh, yeah. So I was very, very excited to go back to his earlier work. And like, especially, you know, you're saying about how many, uh, first time movies we've done, and we've done. Have we done that where we've had a filmmaker, where we've gone back and done their first film?
1: No, we haven't. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like we've done early films, but not first yeah. film. Yeah. Yes, so this this is very interesting. Um, and like this this film, like you know, it's eighty five minutes long, and I saw that I was like yes, because I was after of the after obviously having seen one spot Time minutes ago, I was like oh god, am I gonna be able to fit this in watching it this week? Uh, yeah, it had like so this had a lot of pressure. On it um, to deliver, let's say You know, maybe a little bit more than, than All like, because obviously every week I want to enjoy Something, but um, this one got it because I like was so knocked over by that Film, uh, and yeah, it does It does deliver so. yes. <laughs> uh, Yeah, I find it so interesting What you're saying about like, storytelling And, and people criticising him for not you know, which is, it is almost like a roundabout way of saying style over substance or... or Precisely, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, which I find so bizarre. Um, because, like, that for me, like, this is a man that just... And, like, Tarkovsky is the same. Um, and, you know, or even someone like Kubrick who... They just fundamentally understand cinema. And, like, like most importantly, like, the use of time and pacing. And... <coughs> Like, he never, he's never rushing himself in this film. And, like, it's 85 minutes, which is so little time. Um, particularly when you think of, even though nothing, let's say, happens in this film. It's looking at, like, the lifespan and the characters of, like, an entire family. Like, three generations of a family. And, like, being able to achieve that in so little time is like really very impressive and like you know he lingers shots are linked shots are lingered on for as much time as he needs to all the time and it's like places and the faces and everything so i think it's interesting to compare this to once upon a time because it's like that's a film that is so long but doesn't feel bloated or you know like that you're not going oh you could have chopped an eye out of it or whatever you know what i mean and like being able to do both those things is very impressive. But um, yeah, I think like, and this is something we talk about a lot, but um, the idea of, of place and being able to...
1: <laughs> yeah, the idea of place.
0: Ricardo's just pouring himself a coffee here. Um,
1: oh yeah. <laughs> I'd
0: like the sound of that. Um, but yeah, the, like we talk about this a lot and particularly uh, in relation to filmmakers who don't quite achieve it and how in this film in particular, in every film you should have a sense of place um and like setting and everything but in this film in particular because the town is so crucial to the whole idea of who these people are it would have never worked if he wasn't able to like really really like um just illustrate what a small town is like and not just you know obviously this is a very turkish movie and everything but just you know the idea of a small town is very universal particularly a small rural town um so yeah like uh you can tell that it's the idea of place is very, it's very important to him and like, I wasn't surprised at all to learn that this is his hometown because I was like 10 minutes into it and I was like, wait a minute and I looked it up and I was like, yeah, because like, there's, you know, there, there's a familiarity here that is so obvious. And a lot and, like, of the uh, actors
1: are his family. Yeah. The, like the grandparents are his parents. Which and is then... crazy
0: time because they're really good. That's <laughs> like what? Because you think it's just like you think of something like Master of None, where he uses his real parents and they're terrible, but it's really funny because you know it's kind yeah. of works in that scenario. But yeah, and like it's it's just so funny that he's able to get those performances out of him. But um, yeah, it's. It's you know the the idea that he's using his own town, his own his own family, but also like there like real stories from like his family and his childhood and everything like it's so autobiographical, which it adds like a further level um, of depth and kind of understanding to the film because obviously we know that later on he's able to tell broader stories that are much less autobiographical. Like he you know he developed kind of out of that kind of, um, that theme, but at the same time here, it feels so like raw and, but he's, it just means he's able to kind of like portray all of this with like, not just the understanding of knowing these people, but the fact that he's just so good at capturing people. And I think as well, like the, like the weight of a place, the impact of a place on characters and how, like you were saying, like how, Conflicting that relationship is And like I'm from a small town So I 100% get this Of like The comfort in the place And also the need To get the fuck out of it You know And how and then
1: also like What the The the, the uncle uh, Or the, the The father of the two kids Yeah The he becomes, just for the fact of going to college and coming back, that he mm. becomes a big fish in a small pond when he would have been a very small fish in a big pond if he had stayed in the city. Yeah. That is to this kind of level as well that sometimes you can feel important because it's a smaller world in more ways than one, let's say. The, yeah. You know, you're only competing against like 10 farmers, let's say, to <laughs> have the best farm. Yeah. But, like, if you even open a shop in Istanbul, you have to compete with uh, two million shops, you know, to be the best shopkeeper or something.
0: Incidentally, that guy looks like he walked out of a Steven Spielberg film. Yeah. Uh.
1: (laughs) Well, like, I did think that he looked like a mixture, like a weird mixture between Alan Rickman. Okay. Like, just like the way he wears glasses and stuff. Like, almost uh, in, like, the Valera him and michael collins in other little round glasses <laughs> yeah but very also, thin frames yeah but also like uh, uh there was another like clive owen as so a bit like almost i was like in between that he has weird. like a big face like clive owen but the features of alan rickman within it it's very weird
0: <laughs> that's strange you don't have a lot of at the
1: hair of jude law <laughs> <laughs> um
0: yeah like the way and like he has um like he's down as the sole sole credit for cinematography and like the way the way he shoots it it's not surprising at all that he came from photography and like because you know they're portraits almost of like the the faces uh and like that that's what they feel like but they they give like they give a real weight To, like, the characters, like, thoughts and feelings. And, like, the as they're telling their stories, the stories are on their faces. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's just just the way. And this is particularly effective with the old and young. You know, like, the the juxtaposition between those two things. Like, the young faces and the old faces. And, yeah, like, God, I can't believe that's his dad. Like, he's so good. And I, I don't know, like, what it is that he's able to get those kind of naturalistic... You know, as the fact that he knows them, or are they just actually good at acting? I, I think
1: part it's also how naturalistic the script is. Yeah, uh, uh, even the way that he, they keep repeating things themselves, the way that you would in an argument in real life. Yeah, the, uh, it's not you, like line, when you're trying line, to line, come line. back to what you were saying while somebody else developed it, like an argument. to go like, no, no, no. What I'm saying is yeah. this, and they repeat. Something that it would feel like bad writing, but it is good, like naturalistic speak, mm. speech pattern. Let's say you know it's not neat, and you're not following like, a plot or like a beats, scene, yeah. etc. But it's naturalistic. Yeah. That's what we do when we speak, and I think also that like uh, uh, the other thing that uh, it's somewhat forgotten how good of a writer Shaylan is. Mm-hmm. Like I think that it's all often overlooked because his films are has such a a deep texture to them uh, in a visual and tone. You kind of forget matter. about the dialogue. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and sometimes it can almost feel like not an afterthought, but that it's another thing on top of. It's not the thing driving the film, like not whatever about story or plot, but it's not what's driving the the atmosphere of the film. Um, yeah, and, and I like, think I think the the way that he's able to capture um, the children's faces in particular and like their innocence and curiosity like and as well as like pure devilment like oh my god that purr turtle I was oh just sitting god. there and I was like oh my god that it was actually it was torture to watch it I was like that is the purr turtle and, it was, and then
1: oh. it, like it lingers on that <gasps> shot as well
0: he's there with his the little legs and you're like
1: no. what I love as well is that it's what I was mentioning about storytelling as well that you it, it cuts every so often to the kid's face, and you see that he's distracted. And you know exactly what he's feeling the guilt yeah. of that. That he knows nobody will ever find out, yeah. that he did that, yeah, but he knows that it was a terrible it, thing to do. He
0: doesn't really understand it, but yeah. he knows, yeah.
1: And it's this kind of weird that like the camera is just like following everybody else, and then it cuts back to the kid that he's just like looking into the distance, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, you <fuck."> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, like it it made it made me think so much of Spirit of the Beehive. Yeah. Like, oh hundred percent. Like that and the kind of the constant juxtaposition even with nature as well and, and like how how important nature is to like a rural community and, and how like involved you are in it and the difference between that and city life and but yeah, it's it's just it's the picking
1: plums in the cemetery. <laughs> I
0: was it. it's like, should we get some of the plums? Like <laughs> But I love her as well. Like she has such a like just the way she answers him and everything, and like I do want to say that the dubbing is really bad. Yeah, but you kind of get over it. It's it's like most things where at the start you're like oh, and then after like I don't really care. Like it's it's it's fine, particularly when well, like it's
1: not. uh uh, uh, a Citizen Above suspicion. No level about, Or or, uh, or
0: fucking Just Italian yeah. cinema for Like up until about 1990 I think um, Yeah What was the <laughs> other one The The, the, um, the
1: Conformist Yeah the... Was,
0: sorry, That's the one I was thinking of yesterday No the Conformist was particularly bad Because at least <laughs> in A Citizen Above Suspicion, That's just a fucking hilarious movie anyways Whereas You know like The Conformist is a little bit more Kind of like serious god, I was Oh just god the was... soundtrack of uh, <laughs> Citizen <laughs>
1: Here comes the wah-wahs. Wah-wah. <laughs>
0: Here comes the boing.
1: Oh yeah, boing.
0: <laughs> I love that movie so much. That's the thing is that like this I poem... love it
1: and I love uh, Giancarlo, whatever his name is, but... The Boeings, good God. Sorry, <laughs> oh, uh, I just had a flashback to the Boeings. Um, uh, but yes, continue. No,
0: like, this movie made me think of of, of a lot of films, um, which was always good. Um, but uh, in like particular movies that we've done, because I think this does, you know, there, there are a lot of comparisons here between things we've done before. But um, yeah, just the, the idea of like of, of the children and, and seeing everything from uh, their perspective and like their confusion and boredom as well around like the parents and their stories and... Um, and the kind of the, the way they wander around in and out of the conversation and stuff.
1: Um, and I love also the, uh, you like there are moments that the kids are like, uh, oh, we've heard the story before, <laughs> pretty much, but the adults are like indulging the granddad because it's his place to be the storyteller in a way.
0: Yeah, yeah we'll listen to your more stories again. <laughs> uh, I love the whole time that like mommy's just there in the background just like making things. <laughs> yeah,
1: the like the corn looks yeah. so tasty, like. Uh, <laughs> And also like Just the idea of that picnic To celebrate the end of summer Is such a nice know, little it's such a nice... thing. And Just sitting there In so the cozy. trees so and... cozy
0: You know It's like something that If you actually did it I would never be able to do it Because I could never sleep Like outside in the open air I feel yeah. like that would Freak me out so much um, But the you know the, the comfort of it That like you know Your parents are there Like as a young child In the fire And you know It, it doesn't feel creepy It feels It feels very like Familiar and, and Yeah Cozy um, But yeah I love that though Like the just the way that they encapsulate the the different generations and like the time and the kind of the legacy within a family, yeah. particularly of like of a person that went bad or whatever, and how that like stains a whole gener- like a whole basically like wing of the family forever.
1: And it's uh, great also how uh, they say the li- He says the line the, the line that I always think about when people say that, that he like they go like, "Oh, your dad was particularly bad," let's say, but it's mm. the granddad saying that. It's like you have a bit of your dad mm. it's like if you're from that part of the family it's like yeah but my dad had a bit of you yeah so it's kind of like why am i mm. uh, somewhat more responsible close to that person than you are as a father or a brother or whatever it's yeah. like you have as much of him as i do mm. just because you see a lot of him in me It's like not my fucking fault kind of thing you know? yeah but exactly
0: like, and he says as much as well. It's like, you know, why, why am I, why are you not like, why are you not tainted by this, the memory of this person? Um,
1: I love how your man is like absolutely obsessed with Alexander the Great. And uh,
0: I love the mix of random shit they talk about yeah. though. It's so funny. It's like half political, half like, Oh, it's just it's so funny and like so much of it is so petty as well it's like it's, exa- it's very familiar yes like- exactly and it's the way that different generations deal with things as well and how like you have like you know the older older generation then you have kind of the middle generation then like the, the younger but then there's almost like another layer of the very young kids then as well and and how like you know they're kind of like they're not quite formed yet so yeah. you have these different you know sort of eras you know ahead of them and it's like what way are these kids gonna turn out like well you know like this is Nuri or whatever it's like what's gonna happen to him um so yeah it's just so it's so interesting and and like definitely I think whenever you're able to um show the dynamics of a family um no matter what kind of family it is or where they live or their income or whatever it's always going to be relatable because you know it's like you you know you have these kind of experiences or whatever of like having siblings or you know it's yeah it's just it's really interesting
1: like uh, something that I I find with like his cinema as well as the way that it's somewhat accessible even though it's uh, dense as well like in the Mm -hmm. sense of slow cinema uh and a moment that I think that says a lot about his filmmaking, the way that he views cinema, but also audiences that I particularly loved. It's not in this movie, but I just want to make the comment of it because it's very particular to the type of filmmaking that he does. Mm. Is that in his third movie, Uzak, it's called The Distance, that it is about, like I mentioned before, that it is about the uh, the guy, the same actor that plays the, the guy that is leaving the town here. Mm. Uh, it's about him going to live in istanbul with a cousin of his that li- has lived in the city for years and he's like a country bumpkin and the guy's like a photographer and it's around in art circles or whatever mm. and there's this scene that like encapsulates so well like you know audiences that love this kind of movie as well that the guy that is the photographer the city slicker is like going like oh my god you're not a person if you haven't seen mm-hmm. a tarkovsky movie yet it's like you know you're not normal whatever it's amazing this is what art is this is what love is this is everything and then they sit to watch solaris and the country guy like about like half an hour into the movie he's like oh man like uh, I'm so sorry I know that this is important to you and everything but like it's just not me I can't like I, I can tell that it's something that it's well made but I just can't enjoy yeah. it so I'm just gonna go to bed but you keep watching it he goes to bed and as soon as he leaves the room your man takes the tape out and puts some porn on and starts <laughs> masturbating and I was like yes that is
0: brilliant <laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <laughs> like as slow and serious as these movies are he's got like you can't like you can never like create and like you know show people that seem real without a certain level of dark humor in there as well and like you definitely see that here um of just even if it's just like a little look or a little yeah you know and what's so funny about this movie is like you know as perfect as that opening uh thing in the classroom is it kind of sets you up thinking that it's going to be something different you know what I mean? It's it's this kind of bleak look at these, like, lives. And, you know, like, it, it, it's not really that movie. Even though that scene is so perfect. And, like, you know, your man, the teacher, clearly is, like, heartbroken yeah. looking at these children and how, like, you know, he's staring out the window. And it's like, you get the feeling that he can't help them. You know, that it's every every year he gets these kids in and, like, they're just stricken with poverty. And you're watching it and you're like, God, it's that's like so... It's like Laura
1: Dern in October Sky. It's like, they're going to go down to the mine eventually.
0: Because it's West Virginia. West Virginia. But it's interesting <laughs> as
1: well about Turkish cinema. It's like how different this is to Mustang, let's say. But yeah. it, they're both dealing with like small country kind of. And like I said, like this movie does not feel like a 90s movie whatsoever. No, no, no, no It no. feels like it came out of the 70s or something like. Or 70s, it...
0: 80s? Yeah. You know, but, like
1: extremely low budget kind of almost like super 16 but crap super 16
0: Uh, yeah not definitely not late 90s like that's so strange it's a
1: shame that they the it hasn't come out on blu-ray yet because i think the cinematography would be amazing oh yeah that that was my
0: my next point because it looks fucking incredible and the fact that he like there's you know there are bits of this where the film stock is damaged or whatever but like i'm never against that uh but it's the fact that he Shot himself And again The man was a photographer So he understands How to frame things But Just pff, So I mean like The the whole sequence Like um, With the feather And like the water dripping And everything And oh Jesus And like the sound isn't great But It's It all feels like A whole piece together yeah. Like it's just Absolutely beautiful And just the way He shoots faces like it's, it's like looking into their souls and it's
1: also incredible I feel like how he uh, is able also to stage like especially as a first time filmmaker that mm. is different to being a f- just shooting like photographs or oh, whatever yeah, that yeah, is yeah, separate, yeah, yeah. is that as a first time filmmaker he decides to do Multiple scenes of like ten or eleven characters that like you had to keep track where they are yeah in relation to whatever without having the freedom of actually getting coverage or whatever because usually when you're shooting a scene with eight people it, around the dinner table you're getting close-ups for, from two angles in case you're yeah, cutting from this time, person to yeah. that person so like he must have like storyboarded the fuck out of this movie because it cuts so well together or else when it
0: put them there and they were like right you can't move. <laughs> Or no head, breaks He
1: was able to like Absolutely <laughs> Plan it ahead Or something
0: But at the same time Maybe that's The way that they sat You know what I mean That like there was kind of a way where like they used to do this and you know the way like you always have like seats at a table and yeah. people always sit in the same place or like the way you end up so you go to the sitting room and you all sit down there's always a way that everyone sits you know what I mean it's like that because even if I think about like my family whenever we go to watch a movie there's always kind of you like an order yeah exactly so it's like that this is kind of the maybe not exactly but they you know the fact that like the grandfather's here you know the way even the fact that like the men are kind of yeah. sitting more together and
1: uh, uh, I had a question that, uh, yeah. for you is that uh, What do you think of the fact that this movie is a period piece that is hidden, that is never called to attention, that it is not 1997, but actually the 70s?
0: Is it supposed to be the 70s? Because I wasn't entirely sure. Well, like
1: the... It is, like, it's... But it's... Because I was trying to count
0: it forward from the grandfather... Because the
1: grandfather was 15 when Turkey joined the First World War. So that's it. Turkey joined the First World War in 1915, not 1914. Uh, that, That was... Before the Turkey joined Join 1915 <laughs> Necessary information So he was 15 in 1915 So he's like Acknowledged around his 70s or something in the mm. movie So I just presume Considering that it's like Even if I give him a lot like More than 70 Which he doesn't look at But let's say 77 late 70s Yeah He It'd still be the 70s Because he would have been born in 1900 Hmm and it's like I always found it interesting that it really doesn't call attention to the fact and also I think it's a statement to the fact of how little Turkey has changed in the but countryside but even whenever you
0: compare it to something like Mustang which is obviously a very different movie and very differently different style and stuff but you know like a real looseness to that film but it's not a million miles away even you know like when you look at the people and yeah you know what i mean which is fascinating and like turkey's quite a big country as well yeah. and but the the real difference between urban and rural is is like crazy still um but yeah no like the the idea of the period piece is like what i like about this is how you're you know the the sort of the, the moving back and forward as well like you know through time you know in, into like memories and stuff is like It's done so fluidly that you're not always sure where you are. And then whenever you finally get to, say, like a kind of a solid section, like when they're sitting around the fire, that kind of becomes a kind of an anchor with everything else around it. Um, But I think what it gives it is, because at the start, I was kind of like, okay, when are we? You know, and then I stopped caring about it. And I think that's what's sort of interesting about it is it's, it's not as important because it means that it could be at any time particularly because it is turkey and like you know you can go and find a beckon village that would look exactly like this there and no, you know what i mean so like he was shooting
1: it, it like there's no special well, yeah. effects yeah. or whatever it's, it's like, like the lowest budget this movie is ever like 1997
0: like so you know and that is literally what his parents looked like in 1997 you know it, it's really interesting so the idea of the autobiographical nature of it is so it's like that's why that's so interesting but yeah because it has like i don't want to say like universal themes but it's like it's more that it has a timelessness to it so it doesn't really matter when it's set and i think that it because in the end it gives sort of more weight to the the generational thing of it because it's time moves on but what changes when you are locked within one line of a family or whatever, yeah. it's like you're never things move forward, but do they really change that much? Is you're always gonna have a part of your parents or whatever. So I think it's interesting. Like I you know what you sometimes you wonder in low budget movies <clears throat> how much is intentional, how much is well, they just didn't have money. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So like if he'd had more money would he have added in cars and you know what i mean like what would he have done other than i doubt
1: it because uh uh, i the if i remember correctly from the making of is that he developed the idea the same way like because he knew that he didn't have the budget Mm. so it's almost that the idea was born from his limitations yeah and that if he had the budget he wouldn't have come up with the idea yeah so it would never have been that it film does, because It does it feel
0: is, more like that. Like, rather than just him trying to, like, sneak around. Yeah. It feels that like this is exactly what he wanted to tell, so...
1: Yeah, like, it's a, also, like, interesting how it, it makes the point also showing the unfinished part of town. Like, in mm. small towns, that way, that sometimes you get investment that comes in and then... Because it's never big enough investment or the the next big thing becomes around the corner instead of the town that you're in and mm. there's always unfinished buildings in these towns you know like mm. my town in uruguay or uh, like also like uh, like how the children are not portrayed in a, like an angelic way sometimes mm. it's Even the same in... as
0: is *Spirit to the beehive as yeah. well you get you get the darkness and you know like little kids before they really understand how, like you know empathy or whatever it's like it's so interesting and because it's, you're watching it, it's like such cruelty, but there's such innocence to the yeah. cruelty as well. You know, it's not kind of like, oh, this child's going to grow up to be a serial killer man. Well, it's, like just it's like...
1: It's part of why people are saying that, like, uh, social media is so bad for children in particular. Like, it's already bad for adults. Let's mm-hmm. not fool ourselves. Uh, Twitter. <laughs> uh, well, but Not
0: our Twitter, though, obviously. Not our Twitter. Our Twitter is
1: a beacon of hope. That the, in general, when you're... Um, when kids are in the like their developing stages of six or seven or whatever the fuck when you're becoming your own individual bit <laughs> where you're getting you're getting a sense of uh, self awareness that you don't before that age mm. that you always hurt somebody. Mm. It can be physically or emotional. Every kid has done it. Uh, But because back in the day you had the reaction of somebody, start crying or feeling sad or Mm. retaliating. You'd acknowledge, you'd uh, correlate that emotion to that action. But when you do it online, you don't get the correlation. You just get like words back. Yeah. Like even if you criticize somebody in like WhatsApp or whatever and they get back, oh, that's kind of shitty. I'm sorry.
0: But you don't... Yeah, you you're don't not get getting the... You don't get the
1: facial reactions. Like, mm. we get it because we have already fucking yeah, gone we, we, through that stage. We, we've done
0: that development, yeah. thankfully.
1: <laughs> so, you know, like, even a misunderstanding that you say mm. something and it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say it or offend you or whatever. But you're getting this kind of, like, mm. visceral reaction it's of... It's immediate. Empathy. Can, human, are yeah.
0: For Especially for, like, emotional... You need to be able to see a face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or hear a voice or whatever. Like, or, you know... Yeah, I know what you mean. That's But well, like, there's a
1: reason why cowards break up over the phone instead of in person.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Preach. But, um. Closing points, I suppose. Um. Yeah, I I, I really. I loved it. Like, I mean, it pretty much as soon as it started, I was like, yep. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs>
0: Gonna love it. And then as soon as, like, the the, the, uh, the scene in the, the school, I was just like, yep. Already love it. Uh. Like, I would have watched three hours of this. Yep. That's the thing, is that, you know, it feels like the right length, but at the same time, you know, I, I would have spent more time even with just the kids, and you know, like it's, yeah.
1: There's a few movies in there. It's yes. almost, it's very episodic in the way that yeah. it, but it feels, it's held together. It, it works as a whole that sometimes episodic films don't. Yeah. Uh, I also think that... Almost um, like,
0: very coherent, like, tonally, definitely. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'd be very interested to... Because this is way more accessible than, like, his later work. Because even Winter Sleep is, like, three and a half hours. Like, he's kind of yeah. pushing it now. Yeah but, that, yeah. but in a way of, like, pushing his... Like, the... His method of filmmaking, whatever. I'm not saying that he's pushing and making movies too long. He's like, Nuri, you better watch out. You're no, pushing no.
0: it. No, no. i going to give you the four-hour limit there.
1: I do think that, like... Uh, he has a very interesting filmography uh, that truly has uh, some amazing films. One that it's uh, it's all right, like Three Monkeys is, is mm-hmm. enjoyable, uh, almost uh, amazing purely because of the final shot is so good. But mm-hmm. the rest of the the film is kind of okay. And he made one terrible movie called Climate, oh, which really? are like he's in it. Like I like the idea that is Nora and making a melodrama, <laughs> but uh, somehow it doesn't work. It's uh, not. I think part of it as well is that this is his first film that he shot digitally, uh, so it oh. doesn't look well either because he's uh. trying. It's the problem of early digital cinematography that yeah. were they were trying to copy film instead using of digital. using instead of using yeah. what digital is good at. Yeah. So like is why david fincher has always been so good at using digital because he decided to right. use the strengths of digital it
0: wasn't like a compromise it yeah. was like a, okay this is it now
1: because like zodiac is amazing and like yeah. zodiac is something that like I, there uh, there's always been like that the line that you think oh yeah period dramas should be authentic film.
0: no cgi yeah. you know anything yeah. or a film because yeah. you get the
1: texture and then sci-fi you can do it in digital and it's so authentic, but it's digital. It's just like he uses it to make you like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cinematography of how this is oh my god! I have no idea how he lit the forest scenes on a low budget on black and white and like really shitty camera, oh, whatever. And on no film as well. How do you know what the fuck you're looking at like that and
0: photography like definitely and being able to understand the exposure and you know like how important how important that is whenever you can't you have to just judge it up based on the numbers nothing else because you can't see so yeah fascinating like
1: I i do think that he's a genius he's one of my favorite like working filmmakers and i think that i'd be very interested to uh, because this is so much like his earlier work is so much more accessible than his later work mm. that it'd be very interesting <laughs> to of see what, if somebody like Kira or uh, other members of your family that disliked once upon a time and then I tell you if they had watched the films in order like I said mm. if they had they would gain more from Once Upon a Time in Anatolia because I think, like obviously, like you loved it Once Upon a Time in Anatolia, oh, but like in the context so of his well. in the context of his career, it's almost that you see little things come back up and stuff, and I think subconscious in a way. I don't mm. think that it is him throwing easter eggs for his fans no no but i think like, <laughs> like this is not fucking like a uh, uh, josh reed joint. oh um, my god but,
0: i oh my god i like literally whenever i eventually get around to making a zine um, uh, you know babes of silent cinema being yeah. one section um i'm definitely gonna have like easter eggs <laughs> like in a josh Wheaton like marvel uh, magazine kind of <laughs> But take, um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I must take a mental note of that because that will definitely stick with me. Um, yeah, just building a zine as I as I uh, talk, but uh, anyways, um, yeah, any uh, any closing comments before we go to favorite things?
1: Uh. The, I, number one, I'm very glad that you enjoyed this movie because yeah. it's, it's something that I, I really loved. It's something I saw that it was kind of a gateway drug for me because it was something that I watched in first year in college and it mm. was uh, very different to the type of film that I would have watched before entering college. It was when I started to spread out. I, I I've, would have had watched like, a lot of uh, art house American and British cinema but mm. not to the extent of something like Tarkovsky or like Ceylon or even like uh Truffaut or zielowski or like all these great directors that like, are rightly held La- up dude, in a yeah. in a certain regard on certain regard as they oh. would say that i felt that this was kind of also a film that it's because it is 85 minutes but also it's so accessible because of its universal themes mm. that it makes that type of cinema so much less frightening um, yeah
0: because it is intimidating yeah you know especially because like films like the whole idea because like some cinema is a genre like and it has its tropes and like one of them being that there's no it's not that there's no hand-holding but it's you're not eased into slowness yeah you know what I mean it doesn't start with an action scene to get you going you are immediately within that and it takes you half an hour, even whenever you're used to these kinds of movies, to really adjust to the yeah. pacing of it. Especially, like, you know, our modern times. And, like, even the people don't even read anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that that level of, like, having to have that patience of just, like, you know, no. You, everyone gets that. So, like, I, I find movies like that intimidating. Like, even when there's a filmmaker that I know I like, it's like, you know, you have to kind of adjust. You have to recalibrate your brain a little bit. So i like the idea of using this as a gateway drug that's kind of funny yeah. that's what that's the approach we should have taken for sure
1: well like you wouldn't have known kind exactly
0: of yeah uh on uh on that uh, that note uh what was your favorite thing
1: i think it's the tone of the movie like mm. uh and also uh within that is the that feeling that i, I mentioned about being from a small town like uh I've lived in Dublin for the last fifteen years or so, so I I haven't had the experience of being uh, an adult or making the adult decision the same way that you did of like coming to Dublin to study or to live or I'm never leaving. <laughs> Is the that idea of leaving your hometown, like w- like the desire of leaving, but at the same time that somehow that place has molded you in ways that you don't even understand. Yeah, and how much of your person and how you see yourself is within the context of the place that you are from yeah that you make sense there but sometimes you don't make sense in other places yeah and I think that it's like the the resonance of between person and there is something that I remember in the the narrow road to the deep north Mm. that uh that the lady is talking about uh marriage and about how there's like resonances in rooms that sometimes you play like a note in a piano and then a bit of the room like it starts like it just echoes for for like a long time
0: oh your woman he goes to visit yeah yeah yeah
1: and then the he her and her husband were like that that he was the note and she was the room mm. and now it's because he's gone it's just silence which is like very bleak but also, I think that it's, but it's also like, the yes, which makes it even bleaker. What a trooper. <laughs> uh. But uh, I think that also comes with places. Yeah. That sometimes, like, if you, you're you in the place, the place is the room and you're the note. And when you go to another room, you don't resonate in that room yeah if that makes sense
0: no I, I completely understand what you mean yeah yeah like and the idea of like you know sort of watching almost like watching your past self in places and how whenever you come back it's the same but different and yeah yeah no i, I completely I completely get that especially like when i think of like my home house and stuff and how it's different but at the same time no it's not yeah. you know what i mean like it's it, it still has that feeling of like what it was back then which is why sometimes it feels so claustrophobic Like the, yeah, Jesus, even just, I got to know my town very, very well this summer because I had to go home and drive around it and uh yeah it's so funny and I just you know every so often I'd see like two young teen like teenagers walking along and I'd just think of me and Eileen like walking like like you know sneaking beers and whatever like and how, no what, what? Not, what but like you know and us walking around and like how it felt as if the whole world was outside this place and that we were stuck in this prison this prison of Bunkrana you know like so so out- outraged that we were made to live there as if everyone else in the world everyone else our age is having this great time and we were just locked in with these hicks who didn't understand you know but uh, yeah it's just funny when you think of yourself and it's like yeah I remember when I went to college my mum said something to me which I always think is funny where she was like you know Orla you can leave a place but sometimes that doesn't really change you <laughs> I, was oh, like, I was like whoa uh, I think her point being that you know, you're know you a
1: bitch uh, well, <laughs> yeah but no it, I'm joking no, like, obviously she didn't, it, it was, just, was
0: more that she was like you know if you don't deal with things and you yeah. just leave then you know it was because of, like,
1: I just, Is that, like I was a I, terribly I, young person I was just thinking of those being her final words while you're getting on the bus <laughs> oh, and that's yeah, like yeah. so much shade yeah. there like no
0: just as they were driving off after they left me in that house before I then went out and went to coppers or tried to go to coppers for the one only time in my entire life it was not my idea it was the crazy people i lived with but um and didn't get in sadly uh but uh not sadly. like that that that was what she said to me before she got into the car and drove off
1: literally <laughs> no
0: <laughs> she told me this like weeks before i left
1: okay i thought that she like slammed the door and your dad just like <laughs> will spin his way and, uh, like...
0: all the way back to donegal yeah um... uh, give
1: me his middle finger to croak bark as well <laughs> Fuck you, to dubs.
0: <laughs> yeah, goddamn right. Um, but uh, no, no what no, was no, your favorite no. thing? Sorry, uh, f- probably, I think probably the cinematography because it is like, yeah, you just like, how, how, how did you achieve some of that? And it's just, it's, I think the
1: word for it is tasty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is tasty. Hold on, I if I actually, because I definitely wrote tasty about something about some of the movies over the last one, where I was like, oh, yeah, tasty. <laughs> and it is though it's just it's so rich and there's just oh every frame is like for fuck's sake i hate people who are that good you know yeah. and you're like Argh. um especially on black and white as well like in black and white in the 90s like this could have looked so naff and like you know student movie and everything and it really doesn't it feels so controlled and you're like i hate him but um first though so. i know but like not in a cryptic way either because even if you think of something like you know obviously we've done some first films that are ah, just outrageous with the genius you know like something like Primer or whatever, um, you know like there there's there's very audacious and it's not that this movie isn't ambitious but it's just I don't know there's something so natural about it that makes me hate him.
1: Well, it's uh, ambitiously small, like yeah. uh, you know how like so many first-time directors like I need to show the world how good I am as yeah. a director. He is like I just want to tell a small story about small people in a small town, Deal in a with small it. way. Yeah. And like just because of the quality of it, just rose above the noise. And like mm. obviously he's built a very accomplished career since. But it's kind of weird that like he's he was what thirty something. My like, like this is twenty years old. So he's fifty nine now, so he was thirty nine when he made this. Mm. So it's kind of like already. It has that distance already from it, like from that youth mm. that he's trying to portray. There, it feels he's like he's closer that, to yeah. the age of his of the grandparents than he is to the kids or the the, the other one. So I yeah. think that he's really good at giving the balance uh, across the board, like For everybody seems to be speaking sense, mm. but conflicting against each other. So you're like, I don't know who I'd agree with. Yeah, like, at
0: certain points you agree with different people.
1: Yeah, what was yeah. your least favorite thing?
0: Probably the dubbing, yeah. it, I mean, it is pretty bad, and considering it is the nineties as well, I know how low budget it is. And like, I saw an interview with him with the Guardian where he basically said that, or they like it was at the BFI, BFI, some some BFI event. And uh, they showed a clip from from this, and uh, he was just like, "Oh God, I haven't seen that in ten years." Because like he's kind like, of like watching a movies and he's like, "It's almost painful because the yeah. like, dubbing is so bad." But um yeah, I mean, it's not great. But at the same time, you don't even notice it after a particularly yeah. when something is like dubbed in the language. You know, it's like just ADR. You know what I mean? Rather than um, Uh, Than like if it was like doped into English or
1: something. And as well considering that both the performances on screen and the voices are so naturalistic. Yeah. I think that he, especially because he wasn't using actors that are used to ADR. I think that uh, like his decision to focus on the feeling of what they're saying rather than getting the lip sync perfect. Mm. uh, Paid off in a way because I prefer having the emotion the correct emotion and balance of voice and the tone and having yeah. yeah
0: what was your least favorite thing
1: um like i i think the the it's one of the only films that we can say that is a little bit too short i would have liked yeah, about 20 minutes yeah, more of it yeah like i think it like not that it, it hurts the film per se, but I think that there is more little things to explore within the town, or things that he calls attention to the mm. the you he doesn't more. return to. Yeah. Uh, like one more vignette, maybe with the the dad of the couple, like the, because mm. everybody else gets their due and he doesn't. And also, it's like a comment, obviously, that is Shayla making fun of himself as well because he's the college guy mm-hmm. that came back to the town like as the big, like. Film director or the <laughs> photographer, the artist, you yeah. know. So, I think he's poking phone to himself, but also, uh, I think it would have been interesting to see the house where they live as well. Mm. The, like, that's the home, we never see the homestead, and I think that that, that would have been like an interesting, what, the final part of the portrait of the town and these people. That, like, obviously, how you live is a big part of. Like there are parts, like the, the the bit when, uh, uh, the they're in the grandparents house and the, the granny comes in and it's like, would you give me a massage in the back? Are you asleep? <laughs> and she's like pretending not to be, not to be awake, like it was impossible. <laughs> then she starts screaming and it's like, Amin, me, give me a massage.
0: You prick. <sighs> uh,
1: um. It's like some, Twitter kind of like person that posts is like the difference between like children's injuries like fell off a bike fell off a tree fell off something else then it's like now me as a 40 year old injuries uh sat down for too long <laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
0: every so often i just get a twinge and i'm like oh jesus and you have to kind of sit from it and like gather yourself and you're like whoo
1: i realized that because i, I stood like up too quickly the, the damage that i've done to my body playing like different sports and also uh drinking smoking drinking yeah. and
0: eating terrible food
1: yeah and, uh,
0: and not sleeping enough
1: that every so that i would just like <laughs> realized that i'm that guy that when he has to like hunker down to pick up something he's like Ooh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh like, yeah and bits start cracking bits that you know like you you know <laughs> that you're fucked when, when you're one of your ribs crack like when you're going down <laughs> it's like they didn't even know that it was possible <laughs>
0: I inhaled just a bit too hard uh, there. Yeah, um, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're old. On <laughs> that was Kasaba from 1997. Thank you, Ricardo. I, yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, yeah, so... Oh yeah, next <clears throat> week we,
1: we have a special guest. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, like, uh, multiple offender was a third time. It was third time, right? Yeah. Another fucking Spanish
0: movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh sister of the pod, friend of the pod uh, Kira is on her way back to us so uh, we'll be recording a special episode with her on Almodovar's
1: Julieta Julieta whatever
0: Uh, (laughs) Julieta Uh, yeah so that will be out next week very exciting Uh, yeah so until then Ricardo where can people find us?
1: Nos pueden encontrar en Twitter at The Recommendation Game in Facebook The Recommendation Game Puedes tener el email que es therecommendationgame@gmail.com y nos pueden encontrar on Dublin Digital Radio every Monday 11 to 12 and also on the Dublin Digital Mix Cloud. Bueno. Bueno. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'll do the next episode completely in Spanish and see if you fine. guys can pick up. That'll be
0: fine for me. Probably, uh, probably a lot better for Kira, but um, you know, we'll model three. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> until then, I was Ordemundus.
1: And that was Ricardo Deakin. Thanks for listening. See you next week.